Bugs, 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 bugs. Let's talk about books, baby. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about books, baby. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about books, baby. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about books, baby. Hello, and welcome to Let's Talk About Books, Baby. That's Lindsay. And that is Kayla. And Lindsay, it's stupid hot up in here. What about over there? It really is. Yeah, it is ridiculously hot. We are inside with air conditioning all the damn time. Right? Because we have to be. We have to be. There's no other Otherwise, way. we'll die. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but honestly, you you and Patrick have uh, inspired me. I just went ahead and I ordered from Target. Um, a bunch of iced tea. So like Lipton iced tea and also a Lipton. It's like, uh, I want to say it's like a green tea, but then it's got peach in it. Ooh, and yeah. so I'm going to make iced tea. Okay. This is okay. my plan today. Um, just because I'm like, you know what? You know, cold water's nice, but I, and I, but I would like it's, something else that's not Iced tea soda. hits the spot. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Well, so I drink iced tea every morning. Even in the winter, I drink iced tea because I'm addicted to it for one, but for two, it's really fucking good. So, well, <laughs> and, and I, I just drink, I drink the Lipton too. The Lipton is just fine. Exactly. And when I was visiting you guys, it was funny because I was sitting there and I was like, I want something to drink, but I, I just don't want water. And so a few times I was just like, Patrick, can I get some iced tea? And it really did hit the spot. It really so, Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? let's do this. Like, yep. let's make this a thing. Like, let's yep. make me an iced tea drinker. I have a really cute little carafe that I'm going to use and everything. Perfect. So yeah. I'm like, oh no, I'm set. I'm set. So yeah. that's, that's what's going on. Um, it, you know, in, in my world, I'm like, I just need, I just need a change. I just need that little. Mm-hmm. Well, it's better than soda, but I feel like it still gives you flavor that you want from soda. So and it doesn't have any real sugar, added sugar light. or anything. Oh, right. I'm going to add sugar. Light. I'm going to put okay. that in there. I like <laughs> See, that's I where am. we differ. I can't do sweet tea. One time I went to a place and I ordered iced tea, and they didn't ask if I wanted it sweetened, but they put hella sugar in it, and I literally, like, took one sip, and I, like, gagged. I cannot oh do sweet tea. It's so funny. Here's the thing. I don't want it to taste like I'm drinking sugar, but... I don't want it to taste like I'm drinking water that there were leaves in. So I need to find I need to find a happy balance and I add just a little bit of like brown sugar or like raw sugar or something like that just to give it something. Let's do a sound bite. That is that's some iced tea for you. (laughs) So good. I mean, and also with just ice like this, fucking amazing. I um, I want to give a shout out to Post Accessories. Um, I don't know if you follow them, but mm. they are they uh, do earrings, and I am obsessed with all their earrings. They're funky. She does funny names. Uh, her name is Meg, and she is absolutely hilarious on Instagram. I'm obsessed with her. I just I want to be her, honestly. Um, but she did a giveaway a couple weeks ago because it was um it was their birthday. They had been she's been out for a year now and it which is mm-hmm. just crazy to me because I think I found her in like 
October or November maybe and I like bought all the earrings. When you say out, do you mean that she she's been a business for a year? Yeah, sorry. I don't know why I said that. I don't know no, why no, I said no, out, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, she's been open <laughs> for a year and um and yeah, so she did this massive giveaway. So she did Meg's favorite things. She did like some really nice Beats headphones. She did um, a giveaway, $100 to the shop. And then the like big prize was one of those really nice GE Opal ice makers that makes the Sonic crushed <gasps> ice, the pellet ice. I would die. I love that. From Sonic. It's a $600 ice machine. And Shut I up. entered. Yeah, it's fucking expensive I entered and I was like please god please god please god please god I want this ice so bad and of course I didn't win and so I've literally since that day it's been weeks and I have been begging Patrick for this ice machine and he's like no it's $600 we could literally buy a new refrigerator for like $800 with an ice machine on it you know (laughs) but so spend 200 extra dollars and get a whole fucking refrigerator you know but I'm like but I just want a nice because it has to be you know, the refrigerator ice is not the same. I yeah. want the nuggets. I want oh the little pellets of ice. Well, you, from put just, so- you put ever so little pressure on it and it just comes apart in your mouth. Oh my God. It's the best. Because I'm sitting here, I only have two little ice tray things that make a little like octagon shaped ice cube, which I like because it's not like the normal ice. Like, I don't know. It just tastes better. Yeah. It does nothing really, but it tastes better. Yeah. And I have little things and are they just don't freeze fast enough so I only get the two trays a day because then they have to take all day and the rest of the night to freeze and so it's like I get one drink a day and it's my iced tea in the morning with ice in it and I'm like I probably should order more trays but then it's just such a hassle to constantly fill it you know crack the ice put it in you know I just I want a machine that just does it for me yeah that's hundred dollars oh, so okay so buy our merch so i can buy an ice machine <laughs> hey can you buy our merch so she can buy an ice machine and then i can go visit her and get sonic ice honestly there's a sonic like 10 miles that way but i'd rather drive to san diego and drink her water with her ice and also, hang out with her family like i don't really want anything from Sonic other than the ice. So it's like, what am I going to do? Go through the drive-thru and say, hey, can I get a cup of ice? No, like it's a special thing that if I ever go to Sonic, it's like, oh, now I get Sonic ice. But like, I know people who do that, who go through the drive-thru and just ask for a cup of ice. And they, and they do it. Yeah, they do it. Just like at Starbucks, we used to give people cups of water, you know, but it's like they, they'll they give them a cup of ice. And I'm like, I don't know. I also don't have room to go buy like a bag of ice. So then that's where it's also frustrating. Like we don't have room in our freezer because we have all of Benny's food, which takes up all the space. Our whole bottom of the freezer is full of Benny's food. So it's just like, I'm frustrated. I'm I'm complaining because I want ice. (laughs) Why is this? I mean, this is literally such like privileged white people problem. Oh, yeah. But like, I mean, I grew up with an ice machine on our freezer and then suddenly I'm living in a place that doesn't – I've never lived in a place, actually, that has had an ice machine since leaving my parents' house. It makes you feel grateful, like, for what you yes. have when you have it. Yeah, my, it's so it's so true. I, I, my ice machine doesn't work. I buy bags of ice. But I, I also have a refrigerator that allows me to do so. so. Right, you have the space for it. I mean, I 100% yeah. would go buy it if we had the space. I mean, I could maybe buy, like, a 
I don't know. Could I buy like a mini freezer? (laughs) Probably. I mean, yeah, Yeah. I I just, I do a three pound bag of ice, but then what I do is what's really nice is if you get a three pound bag of ice that has separate bags in it. So you'll get a bag and then it has smaller bags in it. So you can put them where you have space. Where you have space. Yeah. Well, see what I do if I do like, sometimes I'll check the ice before I go to bed. And if it is like mostly frozen, I'll pop Mm -hmm. it into a a cup to have ready for the morning and refill it. Of course, I tend to forget, but then it's nice if I have it kind of like ready to go in a cup. (laughs) So I could theoretically like have cups ready, but then I also don't have the space for even that in our freezer because of Benny's food. I guess I have to do it when we're like at the very end of his three weeks of food before the next shipment comes. And then I could like have ice for like a week. And that would be very nice. So, All right. If you guys have any ideas for Lindsay (laughs) as as to how she can get ice in a small area, uh, you know, and or just, you know, get ice in general, uh, please drop it in the comment section or let us know. DM us. Slide into our DMs and uh, make it cool. Yeah. That was so lame. And thank you. Thank you for listening to me bitch about the fact that I don't have ice for nine for, minutes. For nine minutes, we are now at we are now at the nine minute mark. So I apologize. I mean, so this week we are kind of switching it up. I know we've put out our schedule, um, and so everyone's prepared for this. But this is a switch. Chunk we are, yeah, we are a, we are a book podcast, but we decided to dedicate this week for historical. Uh, TV shows and movies that we've enjoyed. Um, the main one kind of being Downton Abbey is kind of what we've decided to to chat about. But we do also want to kind of chat about Poldark and Outlander. So <laughs> buckle on up because here we go. <laughs> it's going to be a classic ride. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that uh, here's the thing. Downton is not based on a book series, which shocks the actual hell out of me um because it is one of those ones that you would assume was based on a book series just by so intricate there's so many plot lines characters details that it's really like how did they fit all of this into an eight episode season each season you know it just doesn't make sense to me i swear i swear uh like it's just so well done. Every piece of it is so well done. Um, I, I want to say his name was... Julian Fellows? Uh, no, not... Oh, my God. I love him so much. No, the character, Thomas Barrow. Oh, oh Tom by, Barrow? Yeah. Yeah, Tom Barrow played by Robert James Collier. Um, or Collier, depending on how he pronounces it. But, um, like, I remember... I think it was when season two began and he was off at war and uh, he, he became, a, um, I guess he was like dishonorably discharged because he got shot because he allowed himself to get shot in the hand. And the way he did it was it was like the dead of night. And and he and he lit a little match or a lighter or something, held it up. And then obviously the enemy shot at his hand, injuring him. And he was dishonorably discharged, I assume. Yeah, I don't think it was dishonorably. I think that it was just a medical, it was a medically um, discharge. Because I don't think it was a big deal, but kind of everyone knew that he had done it on purpose. But military-wise, he wasn't in trouble for it. But like socially, people were like, you're a wimp for doing that. But also, I really do love, I mean, it has been a while since I've watched 
these beginning All seasons of, of yeah. Gowden. Yeah. But um, it was such a big, I love to see the, um, first off, the PTSD he had, how he was like, I am not equipped to be at war. Just all of that, that kind of built up in him. And then, of course, that he was gay, too. Was and so gay. that was yeah. that was a big deal as well. Um, I think I hated him. I hated him for just his general, like, kind of rudeness and aloofness um, that he kind of gave off in um you know in the house and kind of he act like acted like he was above a lot of the um a lot of the people who they would consider like the help or the servants like exactly he he acted like he definitely acted like he was above all of them he was like he was like almost like he was smarter than them but it's like bro you're not smarter than us you have the same job as us right he was in the same situation and so i kind of i really like that they gradually made him um made the audience sympathetic to him based on all these different factors of his life mm-hmm. um he's just such a such a great character um and i think he's one that kind of tends to get forgotten you know because we talk about the main family and matthew and mary and you know all of that but he is probably one of my favorite servants uh, mm-hmm. or or the what is it called I mean, yeah, I guess the help. I would, yeah, as much as it, as much as it pains us to use that term. I mean, it's for lack of a better term because they, they, well, kind of speaking of that, have you ever watched Upstairs Downstairs? No, but you know what? This reminds me of the the description of Upstairs Downstairs. Definitely, I love that show, and really. while since I watched it because the, uh-huh. the there's a one that was made in like the 70s um, mm-hmm. but there was one updated in 2010 through 2012 so it was only on for two seasons mm-hmm. um, and I just love the characters and I loved um, it was just beautifully done very 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 similar to Downton Abbey um, but I did like I guess it kind of put that term like, oh, there's the upstairs and there's the downstairs. And that's yeah. how they kind of were separated from each other was literally the physical distance of being upstairs and out in society and rich and wealthy versus the people downstairs who were basically the underground, you know, helping people, or mm-hmm. the help that kind of kind of came up from downstairs to, to serve the upstairs people. So I really, I like that imagery that it gave me and it kind of helped put into perspective some of the characters in Downton Abbey as well and and you know something that this show definitely uh I think of this show when I think of this quote there's that quote by Jim Carrey when he says I wish that people could have all the money in the world so they can understand that money doesn't buy happiness right and truly like this show it it shows that well can we to that point can we talk about all of the um, sadness and hmm. uh, terrible things that have befallen this family. I mean, okay, spoiler alert. I know you're probably not even listening to this if you haven't actually seen Downton Abbey, but yeah. uh, if you, who hasn't seen Downton Abbey? I mean, seriously, my dad watched Downton Abbey. My dad, <laughs> my whole family too. None of them have. None of my family. Really? Has. I'm the That's only so- one. That's so crazy to me. I introduced my parents to it and then they started watching it together. Um, and it's it's just really funny to me. But um, okay, spoiler alert. We've blanketed. It's a spoiler alert. 
Mary, that bitch, I hate her. We oh can talk God. about that later. <laughs> but Mary is basically the heir to the um, the Crowley um, fortune, Downton Abbey. Yeah. yeah, everything. She's the oldest Lady daughter. Lady Mary. Lady Mary. There's no sons. And she is set to marry her cousin, um, who I think his name is actually Patrick, right? In the begin, at the very beginning, it's the first episode. She's set mm-hmm. to marry her cousin, but he dies on the Titanic. I mean, what a great start to the season that like, and I remember watching it because of course, during this time I was fucking obsessed with Titanic, but I remember <laughs> watching it and it opens with the newspaper and you just see the date on the top. And I was like, April 14th, 1912. That's the Titanic. That's yeah. what we're, or sorry, night. Yeah, 1912. Yeah. Yeah, I almost said 14. Yeah. April 14th, 1912. And I was like, oh my God, this is the day before the Titanic sinks. They're about to, you know, show that like someone died on the Titanic. Yeah. So her first beau, I guess, which was her cousin, whatever, um, dies on the Titanic. Then she's set to marry uh, Matthew, who is... I think he's still technically her cousin, but he's like... He's like a little bit more of a distant cousin. Right. A little bit more removed mm-hmm. um, than the f- other cousin. <laughs> which which is, is done in other countries like it's done in my my father's country all the time my like like it just it just it happens and like sometimes it sometimes it's fine but like but like uh so in no way are we are we like bashing on this but we're just we're just pointing out the fact that that this is was not that long ago it right. was 1912 and it was still being done and then well, it's still done today well, and kind of to that point, too, like the current royal family in Britain, it's very incestuous. You know, wasn't Princess Diana was like the a third cousin? She was – there was something that she was kind of related to uh, oh, Prince Charles funny. in some way. I mean, all of those royals, everyone yeah. in the elite is connected in some way. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. It wasn't Princess Diana. It's, it's Queen Elizabeth and – Prince Philip got mm-hmm. married, but they both have the same grandma. They're both of them are grand grandchildren of Queen Victoria. Mm-hmm. And so Queen Victoria's son and I think daughter branched off and then Queen Elizabeth and Philip got married. So there's definitely this incestuous thing in the elites kind of going on there. And so it makes sense that, you know, early 1900s, this is also a very high class elite family. They have to marry someone else who is also elite mm-hmm. and, you know, whatever. So, but also, also, do you remember when she slept with um, Theo James's character? Oh my God. And first off, Theo James is, is the sexiest person alive right he now. Really, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Theo James is definitely the sexiest person alive. But he's also very uh, goofy and strange. (laughs) As a person, I love him so much because he is just such a goofy person. And, like, sometimes in, like, interviews, when he's in interviews with other people, he'll do something and they kind of give him this look like, what the are you doing? But because he's just a goof, he's kind of he's just kind of a goof. And I love that about him. Well, 
yeah, it's kind of funny that you mentioned him because I was actually going to skip over that. But she has sex with him, which is not okay during that time. Nope. And this whole scene, this whole episode where she's dealing with this, he dies, I guess, in the middle of sex or whatever. And she has to get her, uh, you know, her her maid, Aunt Anna, right? Yeah, her name Anna. Anna. Yeah, she has to get her to come help with the body and then the mom becomes involved it is so funny but also kind of like you're kind of like oh god like what just happened because it's also very the show is very classy in that it kind of doesn't explicitly say like oh they were in the middle of sex but Mm -hmm. like you know it's implied obviously yes um okay so mary's first bow dies she's about to have sex with this guy or is having sex with this guy who's just visiting he fucking dies. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then she marries Matthew. It's like, oh, so sweet, which Matthew is too good for her. Oh Mary God, is okay. a fucking bitch. I'm sorry. I loved I, them together. No, well, okay. I was okay with them together, but I think Matthew deserved better. He never got to see the future because he dies. Yeah, he, he dies dies on the day that their child is born in a car accident in you know like 19 whatever early 1900s in a car accident it's just so funny to me because it's like cars weren't even that big of a thing it's but but you know what i think that that's so interesting because we think about car accidents as they happen now we don't think about how they happen then because there weren't there were certain safety regulations that we have now that they didn't have then so we have them because because of of what happened the accidents that happened in the past yeah exactly and and um Two, I just want to backtrack just a smidgen. Uh, when you were talking about the Titanic, um, I love when books do this because mm-hmm. this is this is why one of the things that they would keep if it were to be a book because this is something that books do where you know you are just reading words on a page. Right. So what they would do is they would include something from history that would that would give off the idea that this is something that happened at a certain time. They would give you something like some clue as to what was, you know, what this time period is. So in in terms of the Titanic, they it it would tell you exactly when it when it took place. You would know right away. Um without explicitly being like, hey, in the upper left hand corner, 1912, you know? Right, exactly. And I love, I love it when books do that because it puts it in perspective mm-hmm. without being because I also do like you know when there's a chapter and it says like the the date and you're like oh, okay yeah. it's Monday and it's you know whatever but then there's also this like kind of figuring it out as you go and having to adjust your your idea and your visualization of mm-hmm. what the book is based on the the new information that you've learned so I I like that you pointed that out because I feel like if this were to be a book. They would do it because that's how they did it in um, in the show is they didn't put a little title card that said the date. It was just on the newspaper that someone was carrying over, passing. And you're like, I know I know that date. Exactly. That date is in my mind somewhere. I know what it means. Exactly. And it's like when you have things like Jane Austen, you know, the Brontes, like, you know, you know where the time period is because of when the women were born. 
Right. Um, and when they were writing the books. And, and when they the were writing were the books. Yeah. But this was a person of modern times who wrote this story. So it's like you kind of have to give be given some perspective. And then in terms of the um of the car accident that Matthew gets in, um, he it's Matthew, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so in terms of the car accident that Matthew gets in, it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. This was 1912. There, Like I said, there were not certain safety regulations. They probably didn't have to wear uh, seat belts, you know? And you have this car. Like, I think cars now are very heavy, but also, like, I think that they have probably evolved to a certain degree so that they're lighter so that they can go faster, um, and, and so it's like they were probably just this huge block of steel that just crushed oh, yeah. you. Well, and I think didn't he like veer into like a tree or something, which even still today, if you do that, you could easily yeah, die yeah, in a your car, even with your seatbelt on. Um, but just to kind of to that point, when he does die in that part of the show, it's we've gotten already to the 1920s. So we've mm-hmm. moved on about uh, almost 10 years at that mm-hmm. point. Uh, but still a good point because even in the 1920s, the cars were terrible, You're, you know, blocks of yeah. steel. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely, Mary went through a lot of shit. And then I don't really remember too much of the last, I don't think, I did watch the last season, but I have not seen the movie. So I, I know not. Mary, Mary kind of found her way and I think she ended up marrying someone else. So let's leave Mary aside and talk about, my favorite character, Sybil. Oh my god. Okay, and then that also ties into my favorite character, which is Tom. Yes. Oh, I love them. I love them so much. So, okay. oh my god. Okay, you go ahead, start. You start. I have some Well, <laughs> first off, I want to talk about the ad- actress Jessica Brown Findlay because she's beautiful. Um, which I know it doesn't mean much that they don't have to be beautiful to be great, but she is just beautiful. We're giving her credit where credit is due. Yeah, exactly. Which I mean, I guess technically her parents need the credit, but, um, (laughs) or if you're religious, you know, (laughs) she was the perfect opposite of Lady Mary that they were complete, completely different. And obviously, um, Edith, the middle child definitely had middle child syndrome and she was, she was just pure middle child. So we'll get to her soon because I I like her storyline too. But um, Sybil and Mary were like the complete opposites. And I loved, 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 loved that she was very, obviously like major feminist. When the Mm -hmm. war broke out, she wanted to be a nurse. She was going completely against her family by... Um, being interested in Tom to begin with, because Tom was the the was chauffeur. Yeah, he was the driver, and like it. I just thought it was so beautiful because I feel like that could totally be a cliche, like oh, the rich daughter falls in love with the chauffeur, <laughs> but like it was so beautifully done because Tom himself is such a sweet soul, mm-hmm. and. I think Sybil had this fire in her that they matched each other perfectly. Like you knew that they were, it was true love. Like I genuinely love Sybil so much because she was one of those, she was one of those women who was like, I have, again, the, the Jim Carrey uh, reference. She's like, I have all the money in the world and I still don't feel accomplished. 
Right. And I I, still want to go do something. I still want to be a nurse. I still want to help with the war effort. mm -hmm. She didn't have to. She had no obligation to whatsoever. And she still fucking did it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh And it's like, if she can do it, why can't we, you know, why can't we do something for our, for our society, you know, um, and something selfless. She was so selfless and, and yeah, genuinely, I loved that, you know, she had him, she had him driving her. I think he, she had him driving her in secret for a while there. Right. Yeah. 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 So like, and it's like, he, he did it, you know, he did it for her. He really could have gotten in so much trouble, but like, I think that there was a part of him that was like, I just so appreciate what she's doing. And like truly, truly, I think I think it was actually where he was from in the country. Um, his or was he Irish? He was Irish, yeah. He was Irish, yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I, I think that actually they didn't they didn't like him very much for him being Irish. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so so the truth was like he had kind of everything going against him. He was not rich. He was Irish, uh, which mm-hmm. they were looked down on, on upon. But um, but she loved him for who he was because she and him were both like outspoken and and you know he kind of had his kept his head down and just kind of wanted to do the job at hand. But like with with her, I think that he couldn't because you know. He wanted to be there and support her and love her. And oh, my God, my heart. Oh, my heart. And then, and then tragedy befalls again. Oh, my this God. Poor, I mean, this poor family, seriously, just death and destruction, right? Like, Both it is everywhere. Right. It just, it sucks. And um, I want to get to Edith, too, because it, her story is great as well. But um, Sybil dies in childbirth due to... And um, it sucks. I cried. I was sad. I I could cry about it now, honestly. I lost my freaking mind when that happened. I will tell you that right now Um, because it was such a – it came out of nowhere where you think that she's out of the woods. She had her baby. You're so happy for her. And then all of a sudden she – not only does she just die, but just all of a sudden she's this time capsule, you know, yeah. she's stuck in that moment where it's just all of a sudden she just stopped moving. Yeah. And it was like, oh my God. And like, I died. I, I cried so incredibly hard at that part. Yeah. And, and just knowing that like, you know, and, and I'll say this for, for loss in terms of, in terms of pregnancy loss, and not not actually just in terms of pregnancy loss, in terms of any kind of loss, you believe you have a future with Mm -hmm. that person. Right. Whether it be a child, whether it be a sibling, whether it be a mother, a a wife, a, a husband, you believe you have a future with that person. And then to have that future taken away is just heartbreaking. So- um, I, I follow a girl on Instagram. I don't know her personally, but she has a very strong um, Instagram following. Very, very strong. She lives in, I believe, Dubai, if I remember correctly. But anyways, um, she's not from there, but she lives there with her husband. And she got pregnant and we follow her. We followed her through her whole pregnancy journey. They had the they had the nursery set up. They had all the clothes. She was like, we're ready to see you. And they go in to give birth. And then 
the doctors, she said that she was like, she was going through all her contractions and everything. And she said, just doctors kind of kept filtering in and they'd come in, they'd look at a screen, they'd come in, they'd look at the screen, more would come in. And she, she thought it was weird, but she was like, it's fine. And then they went out and talked to her husband and they said, your baby does not have a heartbeat. So your baby, your baby has died. This was just for before Ramadan as well. So um, they said, you know, your baby does not have a heartbeat. Um, and but your wife is still going to have to birth this baby. Yeah. And so, so hard. it was so sad. And I just remember being so excited because she was going to be giving birth. And then another person that I follow that's actually friends with her, you know, posted about it and said, you know, that she lost her baby. And I was just harp because the two of them were friends and they were pregnant at the same time. Oh, Um, I I was so heartbroken for her. And then, uh, yeah. So anyways, um, I just, I remember her posting a few things after that and I could, and I kept thinking to myself, this poor woman is going to be, is is every time a new thing happens, she's going to be like, I thought I was going to have my baby here. Yeah, I right. thought I was going to have my baby at this point. You know, um, when she when she you know Eid just passed, uh, second yeah. Eid just passed, and I'm sure she had an Eid outfit picked out for her baby. Yeah, and so it's just one of those things, and so um, I think it it breaks my heart that. Tom thought he was going to have his wife and his child, and he thought that he was going to have the, his wife the with baby. Them. The baby lived. I know, but he yeah. thought that he was going to have the happy family, you know. Right. Yeah. And, and like his his and and then and then she's gone just like that. And so well, I just it's heartbreaking. I really love that, despite the way the family did not like Tom before that moment. Mm-hmm. After Sybil died, they really took him in as one of their one of their own. Absolutely. And I mean, he became like best friends with Mary. Like throughout the rest of the series, they became like best buds and were always talking. And mm-hmm. obviously, they named he named the daughter Sybil after after Sybil. And um, so I feel like it. Obviously, it was so devastating, but good things did come from it despite that, that he was able to be accepted by the family and and basically start a new life with his daughter. Um, and I love that because I was worried about this too because I fucking love Tom. He's my favorite. But um, I was worried after Sybil died. I was like, okay, well, then Tom is gone. Like, they're yeah. going to... Tom is going to be out of the picture. We're not going to see him or the baby or whatever, but he stayed as a main character throughout the rest of the series. And I really appreciate that they didn't just get rid of him. <laughs> and they also, I believe they also made him a, uh, like a business partner at some yes. point. Yeah. So, he became part of the family business and everything. Like he became a Crowley. He became like part of, he became the son that they never had basically yeah. is the way and, I saw it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then, um, I don't know if you remember this, but there was a point where they had a, um, they had like, a worker or she was like, she was like a nanny or something. I don't know if she was a wet nurse or what. I think she was just a nanny. Um, And I think that they, they had kind of seen maybe something was going on with little Sybil. They weren't sure what exactly it was. And at some point the, the mom, like lady Crawley or the like main woman, she, she 
hears the she hears something going on and walks into the bedroom and hears the nanny actually abusing little Sybil. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was basically because because it was Tom's child. Right. And because it almost like I almost like she saw the child as some sort of a half breed, you know, right. like where right. where and, and in terms of half breed, I mean half aristocratic and half right. lowborn is is right. what I mean. And right. so and then uh the mom just loses it and fires her, obviously. Oh yeah. and then is just like, no, like this is my grandchild right. and you have absolutely no right to treat this child this way. And I think that that was a beautiful moment because it was like, yeah, Tom was a part of the family and everything, but I think that that kind of solidified it too because it's like, how dare you treat her grandchild like that? Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Oof. Great, yeah, great storyline. Great storyline. Amazing storylines. Amazing storylines across the board. Um, and I mean, it truly is just, oh, oh, yeah, it's truly what probably one of my favorite period dramas that, that uh, has lasted really the test of time. I agree. I mean, I, I could easily re I have rewatched it multiple times and I could easily do it again. Um, and I'd love to see the movie. I still haven't seen the movie, but mm-hmm. I, it's on my list. It's on my list. Exactly. Um, well, I wanted to touch on Edith. Yeah. Yes. Very oh. briefly, um, because she really came out of her like middle child shell later in the series. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember exactly how it happened. She was pregnant by the man mm-hmm. she was, was supposed older. to. He was older. She was pregnant by him, but he disappeared, right? He disappeared in Germany. In Germany, right, right, right. So he disappeared and she's pregnant, but then they do the whole like, oh, she's going off into the country for the summer basically to give birth. And then the a family adopts little Marigold. Isn't her name Marigold, right? I believe so. So yeah, so she still gets to see Marigold and, and you know, there's all there's always this sense of like, oh, you're actually mine. And I was just so heartbroken that because of her circumstances, she was not able to be a, her a mother to her child because yeah. of their their class, because of the um, you know, a scandal surrounding the pregnancy with and her being with the the guy that she was with, like just all around. I feel so bad for Edith, but I love that she kind of started standing up for herself Mm -hmm. and becoming independent as the show went on because she was definitely in that, that rut of like, I'm going to follow the rules, but I'm slightly oppressed by my parents. And then Mm -hmm. she kind of comes out of her shell and is like, fuck that. I'm (laughs) going to do my own thing. So I appreciate Edith so much. So and she became much. one of my favorite characters kind of toward the end. After Sybil was gone, I was like, I hate Mary, so I pick Edith. You see, I didn't hate Mary that much. I really Ugh. didn't. But I do genuinely, genuinely love Edith. I mean, I think that in terms of free spirits, it throws Sybil, mm-hmm. Edith, Mary. Mary is not even in the category of free spirit. I know. No, she's not a free spirit. She's very, but, yeah. but also think about it this way. Mary is the oldest child. So yes, she that's has true. a lot of responsibility on her. Very true. And then a little bit less responsibility on the middle child and even less responsibility on the youngest. I can right. attest to this 
There by the fact that I am the youngest child. Right. So like, well, it's also funny kind of back to my point about the, the British royals right now. Like William, there was always this just this heavy weight on him that the world and the, and the UK had put on him, you know, that he was going to be king one day mm-hmm. and Harry's all out running around in a Nazi uniform for Halloween one year. And, and he you know, went no one, to war too. He went right, to war he, as well. Well, they, they both did. They were both part of the military. Um, oh, but yeah, he, but, was, he was in Afghanistan though, right? Was, was William? He was. Oh, sure. Um, I don't know if he was in Afghanistan. I think maybe Harry had stayed in the military longer than he was m- supposed to. Okay. But they were both mil- they were both in the military, and um, but yeah, you know. And then Harry marries Meghan, um, a half black woman, which is just the biggest deal. But William had to marry not had to marry. I'm sure he was happy to do it. He married Kate yeah. Middleton, who yeah. was you know a white woman of higher class and suitable to be a future future queen exactly Mm -hmm. um and so kind of you know to all these points is that the older child does have this responsibility and kind of becomes mm, like there's a bit of a stick up their butt almost that like (laughs) they have to follow the rules as the older child (laughs) right i know right (laughs) i am the older child but a nun none of high class that i can actually attest to it being a big deal but um i do not have a stick on my butt thank you um but yeah i just i really downton abbey it like i said you and you had said this too will stand the test of time because it is so well done in showing the differences between the higher class and the lower class, the upstairs downstairs thing. And, you know, we didn't even get into, you know, all of the, I don't even want to call them side characters because they were main characters too of all of the servants and the help, you know? And so there's, there's so much more to Downton Abbey and I love how they did the show because they were able to get a lot of details in and each season was only eight episodes long. Like that's, crazy to me but they were still able to pack in so much plot and so much detail Mm -hmm. that if these were turned into books I would fucking die I would be so excited to read these so let me let me just and this is this is my own personal personal preference so you know I, I don't mean to say that they did anything wrong they did not but what I will say is that I think that the relationships between the younger women and the older men would be a little easier to stomach or or I don't even want to say stomach but it will they'll be a little easier to like to love if they were in a book. Yes, to me. Um because, because you know it's hard to vis- when you're visualizing you're seeing it and you're yeah. like that one is old as fuck. Like, yes. he's, yes. he's old. <laughs> so what I will say is that my grandmother was much younger than my grandfather. Much, much, much. Um, but, uh, you know, they got married. Uh, they did get married. They, you know, they had, you know, 11 children. Uh, either 12 or, 12 or 11 children. My grandfather was born in 1899. Wow. Um, my grandmother was probably born in the 20s. So, wow. So, there is a 
big old difference. Um, at least the 20s. She's at least born in the 20s. Um, and so I will say I know that it happens. And she was very happy with my grandfather. And actually, yeah, I, I won't tell that part. I'll tell you that part later. But uh, okay. remind me. Uh, okay. yeah, she was very happy with my grandfather. They stayed married the whole time that they were together. I mean, the, the whole time they were alive, they were married. Um, and then my grandfather passed away in the 80s. Okay. 70s. 70s. He passed away in the 70s. So, anywho. So, I I know it happens. And I know that there's love there. I just, I think personally, it was just a little weird to watch. Right. And then also, I think that sometimes books, they do love just a little bit better. Because I agree. You're reading from usually from the point of view of one of the characters. I mean, or or even if you're not reading from their point of view, you are still reading it and it's in your head and it, it almost feels like you're uh like you are in that moment. Not you're like experiencing you're experiencing it. Yeah, not like you're a voyeur of the moment, but as if you are experiencing it. And so I will say that I think that if uh Anna Bates you know, was able to, if you were reading the book and you were um, Anna Bates at that moment and, and you're like, oh my God, like he loves me, you know, and like, I love him. It would be, I think it would be a little better to read it than to watch it. Uh, same, same thing for Edith. And I believe Michael is her husband's name. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and so I would say it's the same thing with them. So, I mean, I just, I think I just, that's just my own personal preference everyone's entitled to their opinion if you think no it, they were perfect then then that's fine they were doesn't matter i had a, i had a lot of the same feelings as you as well um so awesome. it i agreed that i think that if it were a book it would probably be better so uh, it, yeah or it's easier to stomach yeah 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 but the show itself is just so phenomenally good it really is it yeah, really i is. love it so amazing. And uh, my my last thing that I just need to talk about is the Dowager Countess of yes. Grantham, Maggie uh, Violet Crowley. Smith and uh, Isabel Crawley. Yes. Okay. Both of them and their relationship. So funny. Hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Okay. Maggie Smith is the queen of my heart. My, she I was is, about to say the same thing. I was yeah. saying the same thing. <laughs> she is perfection in every way. And her as... <laughs> I just loved her as the Dowager Countess. Just so elitist, but also just hilarious too. When she says, what is a weekend? I was... I just thought it was the funniest thing that anyone could ever say in that position that like, there's no such thing as a weekend to her because everything just is, you know, like, cause she doesn't do anything yeah. of importance. And so there's no weekend. It's just all the week, you know? And, exactly. I, and it was just so funny to me because at her age that she was, that was like the first time she's ever heard that term mm -hmm. floored me. And then Isabel, kind of on the other side of the coin, is more, I don't want to say working class, but she's but more down to earth and I don't want to say rough, but a little bit more in the weeds yeah. than the dowager um, is. And she's just so, the way they they vibed off each other and just like goaded each other. Mm -hmm. 
solid, first off, casting, and then second, just solid script as well, that it was never stilted or it was never, it never felt forced. It was just very smooth all the time. You were like, oh, that's a zinger. Like she, she said that. She said that. Yeah. And here's what I will say about their relationship too. At the beginning of their relationship, I believe that it was more, there was a little animosity between the two of them. Definitely. Because it's like, you know, you have, you have Violet who's like, who, who, yeah, what is the weekend? What is that? And like, and like whenever Isabel would like open her mouth and it would be (laughs) something, something along, something, like you said, a little more in the weeds, a little bit more working class when she would Mm -hmm. have anything to say about that, any opinion that went against Maggie Smith's characters, then there was like, they butted heads. But towards the end, uh, and, like as time went on, you found it, it, there was this gradual thing where they became companions, and they were each other's. They were each other's sidekicks. They were each other's really companions. I um, my brother in law's grandmothers are uh just the loveliest women. Uh, both of them only speak Farsi. One of them speaks a little French, so I can speak to her a tiny bit, but um. But anyways, it's so funny because uh, whenever you go to a party, they're always sitting next to each other. It's so funny because whenever I go to a family party, I always see those two grandmothers sitting next to each other. And I'm like, it's so funny because it's just like they're just companions. And so when I see them, it does kind of remind me of Violet and Isabel, you know? So that's that's what I'll say. But yeah, yeah, guys, like if you – if I – I can't imagine you don't agree with this. I mean, if you th- if you think that, but if you think that Downton Abbey really should be a book, uh, we agree with you. Um, yes. And if you would really, if you would like to kind of, uh, I guess, mimic the idea of it being a book, we do have a few book recommendations. Um, these are for people who kind of like that time period, or maybe. Uh, or maybe not even that time period, but just like historical dramas like that. Uh, Lindsay has a few. Yes. So I had picked these books up at Barnes and Noble, like maybe three or four years, no longer than that, probably six or seven years ago. Like when Downton Abbey was in its prime, mm-hmm. um, I had saw it. It was, it's called A Future Arrived. Sir, and then, sorry, it's a three book. It's a trilogy. Uh, a Future Arrived, Circles of Time and the Passing Bells, all by Philip Rock. Mm-hmm. And they were written in like the 80s and the 90s, I believe. Um, and it basically says like four fans of Downton Abbey. And on the cover, it says before Downton Abbey, there was Abingdon Priory. Um, and so it sounds like it's definitely, it's the, it's the family saga during the 30s and the 40s, I think. And mm-hmm. I have not yet got to them. They have been on my list for fucking ever. Um, but they look pretty damn good and right up the alley of any Downton Abbey fan. So, yeah, oh yeah it starts in the summer of 1914 and ends in the 30s, basically just like Downton Abbey. So, Wow, I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what are your suggestions? So my suggestions would be, well, of course, uh, we, we talked about, um, Outlander, which that one's 1700s, but still, uh, it's very, it's very well written. Uh, it's a very well written historical drama. So highly recommend that. And then there's 
also um, Poldark, which is a phenomenal show. Just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I think that if you if you want something that discusses uh, class issues, which is very much what Downton Abbey, it just discusses the difference between the different classes. Um, highly recommend Poldark because it follows Ross Poldark, who um, does come from a, a fairly well-to-do family, but he kind of chooses to not take on that um i don't know what would you call it persona yeah like yeah that responsibility of being responsibility. Like, of being like rich and stuff but he takes on the responsibility of of taking care of kind of like his parish and and taking care of the people um the people who don't really have a lot of money which is uh mm-hmm. beautiful and he and he has a wife named demelza who i'm in love with um so yeah like yeah, amazing we, we hate ross because he's a shithead and if you want to hear us talk about pole dark let us know because we could go on and 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 on so but he's stupid hot um and then and then also uh a winter's tale by mark helprin um that one is also made into a movie starring jessica brown finlay who plays sybil in downton abbey it also has uh colin farrell it's really really good um it takes it kind of switches between um uh, like kind of like the Edwardian era and um, and modern day. Um, and then the last one that I have is Dr. Thorne, which is one of my favorite mini series um, uh, on uh, Amazon Prime. Um, it's amazing. Uh, and it stars the guy who plays Mr. Collins from. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> phenomenal. And uh, and it's also a. It is also a book, and I've I've read parts of it, and truly, truly amazing. So uh, these are the ones that we recommend. If you really like Downton Abbey, if you wish that there was a book that was kind of like Downton Abbey, highly recommend these ones. A lot of them deal with class issues, mm-hmm. um, even if they're maybe the time period's not exactly the same. They do deal with time time issues. Uh, sorry, class issues. <laughs> yeah. Class issues. Time issues. I'm sorry, um, the I, issue I, of time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> what's it? What's it called? Um, Target just time. Target just time texted travel. me. No, Target oh. just texted me, and I was like, "Oh, budge." That's so funny. Um. Anyway, so I know we didn't get to talk uh, about anything other than Downton Abbey, and it, that's because Downton Abbey is so extensive and beautiful so and amazing. So much, yeah. Yes, but um, if you want to hear us talk about Poldark and or Outlander, let us know because we're not above doing a separate bonus episode on either of those. We we love them both, and we would love to discuss it. So. Yeah. yeah. So, guys, uh, that's us. Uh, remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Um, and we will be back next week with Where the Crawdads Sing. It, very excited to talk about Where the Crawdads Sing. It is such a beautiful book. And if you have read it or are considering, I mean, if it's been on your your pot your to be read pile for since it came out, since it's been popular, since it, mm-hmm. it, it hasn't left the New York Times bestseller list since mm-hmm. it came out. Like, that's how good this book is. Yeah. Now is your time to read it. Read it now. Read it in August. Follow along with us. And, and you, said, you said it's a Reese's Book Club pick, right? It was a Reese's Book Club pick, too. Yeah. Nice. When it first came out. So do you need another reason to read it? Like, yeah, really? Seriously. I'm. We're here it's for you. Beautiful book. Let's talk about it next week. All right, let's talk about books next week, baby. Peace.